McDonald's, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. I can't believe it, and Regan went away again. No, he's right there. Yeah, there he is. Hey, it's December. I don't know. What it that is means. December, and happy December and the end of the year, which everybody thinks is going to be different, but it's going to continue into doing what it's doing. I'm it's afraid. December, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Which is good. And and how is uh, Natasha Ventor this afternoon, this evening? I am doing better than I was this weekend, to be honest. Oh, okay. And that's good news, I think. Yes. Good. I I hope that your weekend wasn't wasn't horrible, horrible, horrible. It wasn't horrible in the sense of my life is horrible. Um, And Regan kind of popped out here, so he might be popping back in. Yep, there he is. That, but you know, this is one thing that I wanted to kind of discuss about was that, you know, those of us that have lost or are losing, because there's so many going through a process of losing loved ones during this time. And, you know, it, it's not about what we believe in. Okay. I don't want to talk about religions, but this timeline, no matter what we believe in, has a stamp has an energetic stamp on it of um, of just, uh, it's a holiday season. Yep. And this holiday season, this time of specialty, I'm just going to call it a season of specialty. Okay. However you want to name it. Uh, and this timeline or the season of specialty, you know, it just has something to it. And for me, Mine for the last 30-ish years, maybe longer, has had this stamp of certain things happening during certain weeks. And like the weekend of thanks of what I choose to celebrate as Thanksgiving, you know, that is my weekend that I, um, because I usually have four days, so it's my Christmas lights outside and and it's the Christmas decorations inside. Well, the we- the first weekend of December is my weekend to put up the tree. And when I put up the tree, that usually means that it's my time to shift a lot of furniture. And I use this for just a time to shift the energy. You know, uh, putting up Christmas decorations, I kind of use it as my, not my spring cleaning, but my winter cleaning. So I dust a lot and I do different things like that, energetic wise. And so it just, like this year, I pulled out Christmas decorations, that tree decorations that I didn't use for over 16 years because my cat would destroy them. (laughs) And she's now gone. I can't believe you had decorations that were 16 years old. Well, you know, when you're the only grandchild, only child, and your whole family on one side does um, ends up leaving, I kind of inherited a lot of things. And so I inherited my mom's and my grandmother's stuff. And and so there was, I pulled out things that 
I remember my mom pulling out on, my mom never decorated the tree except for on Christmas Eve, you know, unless she's a last minute person. And so I try not to be, but, you know, and so I just pulled out these things and even I have certain Santas and no matter how I put them on the tree, they always turn around and show their backside and they're dancing Santas. And so I just looked at these two Santas that I happened to put like this on the tree, almost on the same side and their backs to me. And it was just like, oh, you know, and then it's the last year that my child is going to be helping me rearrange the furniture because she's moving out of state right after Christmas. And so that hit the grief. And then, you know, just the ball just kept rolling. <laughs> so I just let grief kind of had its weekend. And it just, I'm grateful for it because it had time to speak. And today I can say, nah, I'm a lot better. <laughs> You know, you know, Regan, I wanted to mention this because uh, um, this is the time of year between Thanksgiving and Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever doodad holiday you want to have at the end of the end of the end of year is that uh, a, a lot of folks uh, have lost people during this time um, o- over time. And, and they uh, there's a lot of grief. And, and um, Natasha's right. This is a grief filled time. Now, do you think that the other side, because uh, you are kind of our in, in-house res- resident expert on how the other side feels about it. Do, do you think they feel the same way about it as we do down here? I just thought I'm, I'm trying to sign in on uh, my iPhone now because I, I got an unstable connection and it keeps going out. So if, if you see me, uh, if you see me coming up there, uh, let me in on, uh, Oh, there you are. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you in and I'll admit you again. Now, now we got two of you. Do you have a twin? Oh, <laughs> uh, they're both and 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 he, they're he, both got he's frozen for real, and he's frozen in a picture. <laughs> Isn't that what life is? Sometimes that you know, I love metaphors of life and how life happens because sometimes we get these stamps in time that are very like frozen. And I know for me, a lot of it is frozen because of the ripple effect that the time has made it. And it's just this circle that goes around and around. And as much as I have the tools, as much as I have the knowings, as much as I have what I have, it still is a process for me to navigate this through on the human side. You know, you've talked about grief quite a little bit. And and, uh, so I sense that, that there is still in your mind, in your heart, is a great deal of grief over the loss of your of your family, your mom and your dad, and your uncle and, and stuff. So, um, how are you? And what 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 are those tools that you're working with to, to combat some of the the grief that's out there? That okay, that, so um, I'm gonna um, I'm going to say the word that I don't combat it. Okay. I when. My kid, I like I held up a picture that was on my grandma's wall. And it just is one of those pictures I haven't found a space for. And I moved a table that I had the picture up against the wall because it was kind of a, a dead space. And I just kind of had it sitting there because I just would see it, you know, when I sat on the couch. And, and I said that it was very important to me. And I just didn't know what to do with it. And, you know, my kid, you know, put it somewhere and I just bawled you know, and she just held me. And 
that's that whole part of navigating grief that it wasn't wrong for me to ball at that time. It was time for me to engage with that moment of grief and say something. Well, the amazing thing is, is that as she hugged me, being the intuitive I am and and the medium that I am, I felt my whole family huddling around us and hugging me too. You know, my grandma, my grandpa, my mom, my dad, you know, my uncle, other, other, you know, family members were there too, great, great grandparents and stuff and their energy. And it was just that even made me ball more because it was like, here, they're all here. So, so hold on, hold on. I got to ask you because, see, here's, here's the thing uh, that I, I, now maybe it's because I look at grief in a different, only different way because you see, I, I recognize now you're, you're a medium, right? And, mm-hmm. so, and so you talk to people that are on the other side. I do. Right? When you talk to your family members that are on the other side. So why are you sad? Because you know they're still alive and they're p- part of your life and they're involved with you and, and they're involved with your kids and with your husband telling him to shut up every now and again and whatever they do that, you know. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm kind of curious as to, because from my, I know as an example, my dad's been gone 14 years. He died on the December 30th. I know he's still alive. I know that he's with me every day. So are my two dogs that are with him and stuff. So so even though I can't see him, I didn't see him that much when he was alive. Um, he, he lived on Woodby Island. I lived down here. So we'd see each other every now and again. I loved him dearly, and I still love him. And I know he loves me, and I know he's still there. So I don't grieve for him. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I'm glad that you can put it in that category because n- most of the year... I have moments where that is my reality. But the, there's just something more about the physicalness this year. And I, and I have it as an understanding that my, my child, my youngest child, who is my um, toucher, you know, she's always been the one that sits on the couch with me. She's always been the one that holds me. She's always been the one. Now I have a, another child and he's just as amazing, but he's not as physical. Well, when you have, I don't have very many people that, sorry, here again, that touch me in a way physically that she holds me. My dad used to hold me the same way. I think Sorry about that. He's got, he's got two things, so he's getting feedback. Are you okay up there? Yes, I am. Bringing you up to mute something. You got to mute one of them. Oh, that's better. Which, can you hear me? Liganan. Liganan. Do this. Sorry about that, guys. You're good. You're good. And I think that it's all meant to happen in the way that it's meant to happen. So that's you're. Crazy. I, I, 
I couldn't even get on on the iPhone there. I couldn't get it. <coughs> anyway, I was I would I could hear you, and I'm sorry to interrupt that because what you were saying was very 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 true. I I know we miss people a lot, even when we know they're okay. Um, are you still getting an echo? No. I threw my iPhone into the other room because I didn't know I couldn't get it to shut off the Zoom. So did you say you threw it into the other room? Yeah, I threw it onto the bed. So. <laughs> oh, I hope it's gonna live. I hope it's gonna live. Um, but yeah, but, but um, your point your point is really well taken because even though like I may have an attitude about grief and about my sister who I'm close to had the same parents, her is a completely different dynamic that she has around grief and around the loss of my father than I do. And uh, it's, it's so I, I get it. I, I, I kind of get it. Anyway, go ahead, Regan. Well, now that I'm doing this work and I'm with people that are talking to people on the other side all the time, and um, I'm more, it's more real to me, you know, rather than, than it being more just a mental thing where you just believe it out of faith, you know, like it used to be like, we just know there's a heaven and that's what we're told and you know they're okay. But now I see it for real when I have people on the other side. So I don't, it's, it's like, it, it's to a degree, it's less than that. But still, when I think of people that I miss, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, if you have a best friend and they, uh, that you've had for 20 years and they decide to move to Germany or someplace and you, you, you never really get to see them anymore, you, there's this thing in your heart, you just miss them, even though you could talk to them on the phone or, you know, whatever there, you still miss them. So um, I, I was reading a book and there was a, um, he was a master from the other side that channeled uh, through here and someone wrote it and he said, oh, I know what it was. He was a, a master that purportedly was here for 500 years and uh, on the planet, you know, and and people say, wow, I'd really like to live 500 years like you. And he says, boy, you have to be really, really tough person to do that because everybody that you love and everything is going to come and go and you're going to, it's going to be, you're going to miss them, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I, I just know now that, you know, like my mom, my dad, my brother, when I was on the other side and I saw them, I just kind of had a short, like, how, how, how are you doing? And then I was on to something else, but because and and I knew that's all I needed to do because I know that they're okay. It's just it's like they're just in the next room, you know. I guess that's what it kind of feels like. It, it, where it used to feel like maybe they were in Hawaii. Now to me, it feels like they're just in the next room. You know, they feel much much closer. And you can get and you can get in touch with them virtually anytime you want to. Yeah, yeah. And and Natasha will will uh, um, validate that as well. Well, yes, and and that and that is not. That, that's not necessarily, I think what I was grieving more was like, like Regan was saying, it's the physicality of them, you know, that, you know, now with my child leaving, if we decide to get together, there's only going to be three of us. And it used to be, you know, the 10, you know, you know, the seven of us. And, and so there's just a physicality that my being who doesn't have very many physical beings that can um, um, interact with me in the way that I crave. And so with that, that then this one child is leaving. 
that does that. And so it's just another ending, which leads to a new beginning, which I know, but there's still this process of processing the action. And there's a reason why I'm so tearful today. And maybe it's because people needed to know that even though we're tearful that, that this moment is happening, we can still walk forward. We can still do. You know, as much as those Christmas decorations triggered me, I still moved them. I still moved the furniture. I actually moved some of the furniture before she came down just so I can have stage one so I can honor stage two. You know, because I wanted to be able to do it next year without her, but yet at the same time have confidence that she was here this year to just say, yeah, I like it, Mom. Well, you're way more organized. I don't have very many people in my life that, and I'm getting them. But when I'm an only child, only grandchild, not very many friends, you know, you kind of live a life of, of not very many people who can say, you, you know, you got it. And I can say right now in my life, I'm gaining them. You know, Kevin, you have been a great gift in my life because you are one that honors me for who I am. And there's not very many people that I can say that. So thank you. Cause you are part of that. You know, just like when my mom passed, I've got a mother of heart for 20 years who loved me for who I was. And now maybe you're going to take the place in a way of accepting me that my child does in the physicalness of being here more in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, because when she moves to New Mexico, she says she's going to talk to me and call me, but who talks and calls their mom regularly when they're in another state? Life happens, you know? Your daughter. You know? And like Sue, you know, on, on, um, on uh, <coughs> two page, you know, she said her mom passed on uh, Christmas Eve uh, eight years ago. And she... Um, has she processed that choice and the difficulties of her life at that point? You know, I would say no, she didn't, but yet at Sue, but she did quickly after within probably that in our lifetime, we can probably pro process it as six months in their lifetime, you know, knowing that seconds are years that she probably did it within just seconds or minutes of, of passing. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, the different perspectives that you can have on, on how that how it is for, for everybody. Regan, um, how do you process this time of year, or is it different, doesn't matter which time of year it is? Now, because, see, Natasha's got, this is one of the most heart-wrenching moments of being an adult and raising a child is that the child has been with you and around you for so long and now that child is going to be going it's you're you're truly going to get the empty nest thing going which is that then she's been there she hasn't been living with you but she's been there every mm -hmm. time i talk to you she's there every week or two times a week or three times a week Right. Well, now she's lit. She's in this last um, month. She's chosen to live with us because of the fact that she knows she's leaving and she wanted to spend this last month with us. Oh, very cool. So she, in her own wisdom, is honoring the last moments that, you know, if she ever moves back to Washington, she's going to be several years older. She's not going to be in this stage of her life. 
and and so it's saying kind of goodbye to this stage even though she's leaving so and that's the thing that i want people to realize that grief doesn't hit just because someone passes it grief hits hard many times when you know like a lot of us can't go to the grocery store right now because we're choosing to um you know quarantine ourselves and yet grief hits hard smack in the head you know and we you know, just like me, you know, processing, you know, me tearing up, me going through the process of grief that if I was by myself, I probably would have been bawling. But yet, since I'm here, <laughs> you know, I'm tearful. You know, it's just one of those things that, you know, and then when I'm done here, I'll go try to cook dinner, you know, and, and it's just everything has its timeline and its moment and, and it's as much as we can give it that. Regan, you've worked with people you're a hypnotherapist and you're also a therapist and you and you're a coach. You've worked with people that are in intense grief, I would imagine. Yeah. Do you have some uh, uh, thoughts for um, how Natasha can can work through some of this stuff? Because it's hard. It's hard. Well, yeah, I see being a guy somehow or another, I think we're a little less attached when our kids move away. In a way, we're like going, "Hey, great," you know. But with with the women in that, and they, they have a, they have a they have they have a deeper connection. I think it feels sometimes a more emotional connection. And you know, this I've had some clients that are empty nesters and they don't know what to do with their life. They say they're divorced and all their kids are gone now, and they, they've been used to getting up every day and doing everything for their kids, and and having conversations with them every day, taking care of them, calling them. And all of a sudden, the, the, their child goes away to college or even gets married and, you know, moves, moves away or something. And, and it's, it's, it's um, in a way, it's like a small death compared to someone actually dying. But it's, it's still, it, it, I'm glad you point that up because there's, all, there's a lot, all kinds of different kinds of grief. I guess something in your spirit or something that just feels empty, you mm -hmm. know, and wants to connect, but you can't easily reach somebody as you normally can you know that's why I think some there's so much trouble with mother-in-laws sometimes because the moms just haven't let go and so they're, they're trying to hang on any way they can by by you know meddling in their 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 son's marriage or something because they just they can't you know they can't be mature enough to and, and to, to deal with what it's like when they can't be in there so that their their son or their sister or their their daughter-in-law, you know, thinks that mother's just meddling and they, they, you know, there's all these jokes about mother-in-laws, you know. Um, I don't know. It's really, it's hard, but I, <clears throat> when people would have someone that died, now I can give them an extra, um, you know, I can say, hey, maybe we can visit them just, just like Natasha could do with someone. She could say, hey, let's just see if we can communicate with them. But when they're not into that kind of thing and that's too. Woo-woo. I'm going to put the word in there for him as he froze, you know, to woo that, you know, we have these moments where, you know, it is woo woo. And, you know, I've, and while Regan's, you know, doing his dance with technology here, that I always had the understanding the day that I was driving north on I 5, when my child pre birth came to me, I wasn't even pregnant with him, her yet came to me and said, I want you to be my mom, that there was a connection with us. 
And it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a connection that I would say of I've never been a mommy. I've never been that kind of a mother. I knew that I was guardian of my children. There was a higher power out there that was the parent. I was the guardian that helped this child to be raised and to mature. And, you know, this this child that I'm talking about has dealt with depression, has dealt with anxiety, has and yet at the same time, I knew she had to have her own journey, you know, that I wasn't in control of this. I am so excited for her to have this movement that, you know, she is able to um, move on her own and, and go. She doesn't have attachments. She has everything. And I think that that's why, you know, after I drive her down and, and leave and then I go on the airport, yeah, I'm going to be sad that she's left, but then I'm going to buck up and I'm going to live my life because I know that she's fine and safe. You know, just my, like my other child who walks at three o'clock in the morning, almost an hour to work. You know, I don't, I don't lose sleep because my child is, um, is, you know, walking at night. You know, I know that he's safe and protected. And if he's not, then it was his time to leave. You know, that I don't have that kind of mommyhood, but I have connectionhood. And, and that's what I am grieving is that physical connection. And yet, you know, I'll be talking with her on the phone. I'll do all those things. And I'm grateful, just like I talk on, you know, with my father, I talk with my mom's a little more quiet. She's not so connected. And my grandparents aren't as connected that way either. Um, but my dad and I were, we were like this, <laughs> we would finish each other's sentences. You know, I was, I was a daddy's girl. And so him and I, you know, he was a guide in this lifetime. He's a guide after this lifetime of his. And and so we just kind of do our dance and, and do the better that we can. And But like everybody kind of tells me, you know, the people who know me, Natasha, when you come up to something, you just say, you look at it, you cry for a little bit, and then you go, okay, and then I walk through it. So, <laughs> so this is something I'll just go, okay, and walk through it. You know, it's just this moment before it happens that I'm honoring what's here. I'm honoring this time. I'm honoring the yeah. last of this time, you know, observing it as nothing, this isn't going to be the same. And so, and that's one thing that I did with my parents when, before they left, I honored that time because I knew it was not going to be the same. I didn't take it for granted. I took it as what it was. And even the bad times, you know, even the good times, I just took it for what it was because I knew that that wasn't going to change. And, um, you know, it's just life is life and we all have different perspectives on it. But I just want to honor people who are going through it right now because grief is huge. And and I know that a lot of people, they can't see where things are at because they just are so overrun with it. But I just want people to know that, you know, day by day, moment by moment, sometimes it gets to be a little more walkable. And I call it the walkable grief. And even now that I've had family members gone, like my 23-year-old is, uh, my mom has been 22 years now gone. That, and, you know, my 28-year-old, my dad's been gone 28 years. That, you know, it's still obviously here. And, but it's walkable now. Let me ask you a question. Um, let's, let's say, God forbid... Let's say you were to pass. Do you want your kids to grieve? 
I know it's a I know it's a human trait and I wouldn't wish them to not have a human trait and and walk through the emotions. Do you want them to, do you want them do you want it to affect their lives in a negative way for a very long time? For a very long time no. But the one thing that I've always taught them is is that like like with this weekend my kid and I were talking a lot and I said, I was processing this emotion and I was walking through it and thank you for hugging me through it. And so she saw me knowing that emotions do happen in life and actually I'm healthier for it because my dad, I'm now 53. My dad passed away when he was 56, 57 years old of colon cancer. If I didn't digest my life, I might have the same disease and I'm digesting my life because I'm working with my emotions and I'm processing them. And if it's the way that I, Natasha, have to process them, that's the way it is. And, you know, the women that I've, the women and the men that I've had, because men can grieve just as deeply. Well, surely. That, that it depends on the personalities that, you know, there's some that are so overridden with grief and I can honor them for that. And if anything, I've helped a lot of them move through to more, it's almost like walking through a door, you know, of reality to move through to get to where it's, I don't want to call it less because it doesn't necessarily leave. It just becomes more walkable. That's the only word I can really use. See, now Regan, in my, in my frame of reference, and maybe I am just a weird odd duck. I could very, oh, that's for sure. very possible, very possible. <laughs> but I'm just a weird odd duck. But uh, um, and based this is based upon Michael Newton's writing, and also my my watching John Edward work and watching people like Natasha work. I have instructed my children: Thou shalt not grieve. They're allowed to for about a week. After that. They have to go live their lives, spend the money that I'm going to give them and do whatever they can to live their lives the best they can. Am I wrong in that? Well, <laughs> I, I just know it, that it's different for everybody, you know, because of their life experience. Some people can deal with it. Like with my parents went and everything, I dealt with it, I think, rather really good. Even at the funeral, I was sad, but, um, but I was okay, you know. <clears throat> um, but some people that I have or some clients deal with grief. I mean, they, it's like 20, you know, 20 plus years or something, and they still haven't dealt with it, you know. Um, and other people get over it really, really quick. But um, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I think, you know, the Enneagram, I think we talked about that before, the, <clears throat> the, the nine different types of uh, personalities that there seems to be. Uh, a type eight, which is the uh, protector. I know uh, some of them personally, and they would be the type that would just say, what's wrong with you? Just, you know, they, they died, you know, 20 minutes ago, just get over it. You know, <laughs> they just have that. They just, they don't understand why it can't be that way. But a two, which is the caregiver, that usually seems to have a more, um, a more emotional connection you know, with that person, they have, they take grief a lot, a lot harder, you know, so I think depending on what software you have, you know, you could, you, you could say, um, well, to give you an example, <clears throat> I used to go to an Enneagram for people that are just listening to this, it's E-N-N-E-G-R-A-M, 
Enneagram, and it's kind of going viral all over the world now. Um, uh, even uh, preachers are teaching it in church, you know, that God made people with nine different types of uh, outlooks on life. And, um, and when you get to know what your type is, it helps, it helps you understand yourself more. And also what your, what your positive things are going to be and what the, uh, in the, in the churches are saying and what sins you're going to be generally dealing with. And so um, I think it helps it just to realize that everybody's not exactly like us. So if just because we can get over grief real quick doesn't mean that the next person can. So we have to be somewhat, um, you know, considerate of other people or understanding. Um, but yeah, grief is probably, you know, that's the hardest, you know, the hardest thing people go through in life. And it could be just in a breakup, like a divorce. Oh my gosh, there's all kinds of grief over that, you know. And it, sometimes it's not over the person, it's over the, the relationship, you know, the, what, it, what it means to be married and the security and the, you know, knowing you have someone to come home to and all that. And that just goes, you know, so there's grief over that, even though they may not like their spouse too much because they're getting a divorce. Or if you're on the receiving end, when someone comes up to you out of the blue and says, hey, I, this isn't working, I want a divorce. And you're just like some of my clients that just totally took them by surprise, you know, and they're, they, they're grieving just like somebody died, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, in, in my ex-wife's case, she changed her name back to her maiden name. So essentially, she did die. <laughs> there yeah. is no more Jennifer McDonald anymore. It's now back to her maiden name uh, and, and stuff. So that's, but that's, we all, you're right. Now, it's two things. The first thing is Enneagram. Could you spell that again? Yeah, it's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Enneagram. And if people go, if they go on the internet and, and uh, uh, type in free Enneagram test, uh, the first one or two on there always comes up. It's uh, eclectic. It's a website called eclect eclectic, I think, .com. But it, they'll see it on there. It's a free test. It takes about 20 minutes and it'll tell you the types. I'll tell you for my, the relationship I'm in now with Patty, uh, one of the things that's helped us get along so well is we found out what our types were and then we found out what you, you can put in your say, she's, she's a three and I'm a nine. And somebody that's wiser than me for sure has figured a lot of this out and they'll say, well, if you're a nine and your relationship with the three, these will tend, tend to be the problems you're gonna have because of the way you look at things differently and everything. And once we knew that, once I knew what, once I knew what her needs were and she knew what mine were, then we weren't guessing all the time or, or whatever. And it's helped so many times. We'd laugh about it sometimes. We'll go, oh, she'll say, oh, your nine's coming out, Regan. And I'll say, oh, your three's coming out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we laugh about it rather than taking it too seriously. So <clears throat> we could do a whole, um, we could do a whole um, program on that sometime because it's so helpful because with people looking that up and, and when they take the test, most of the time you can go, there's about a hundred, hundreds of videos on YouTube now. And you go, hey, I'm a type two. <clears throat> and, uh, and there's people on there talking about that. And, and when you read about these different types, you, you realize, oh, my God, how do they, it almost makes you feel weird because you don't feel as much like an individual. And when you find, you find out that there's a whole bunch of other people that are just like you, you know, just as many as there's a lot of people that aren't like you. So it's really just a good helpful it's like pe people take the Myers-Briggs things which kind of helps them and uh, 
you know, the Enneagram is just another way of, of us trying to figure out who we are, how did God make us? And, you know, I, I, I really helps. What I have my clients do a lot of times before I see them, I have them take the test. So when they come in and I see what type they are, then I, I might use a whole different type of therapy with them, or I might spend more time in one area than another, because I know that, that this area I'm going to spend is something that they would appreciate because of the number that they are, you know, like an eight would want to just get right to the point. This is get to the point, you know, and there's some that would, you know, would take an hour to get to the point because they want, they, they have to feel like they have to explain so much more, you know, in, in, in detail and everything. So it really, it really works. Yeah, but then there are the ones that uh, that are like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And there are three and a six and a nine and a little bit of four thrown in and stuff like that. It, it could get, I imagine it could get really complicated. It's kind of like. It, it, yeah, the basics is pretty simple, but. In different situations, they found out that like a, a three in a stressful situation will go to a, like a high six. And that has different things, you know, like um, I forget where I go, <laughs> I go to, I go to <laughs> I, when I, when I, when I'm in my worst, but yeah, there's a little more to it. And we have a little bit of all the numbers in all of us, but there's some things that are more predominant, you know, I uh, can't in others. You, you're at your worst ever. You seem like a very oh, nice congenial man I'm, I'm doing pretty good now but in my younger years i was not was kind of had some issues you know yeah we all we all do so but natasha but, do you find that out too that the older you get them i don't know i don't i don't take things quite so serious i don't take anything as serious as i used to which means i'm taking it real serious by not being serious you know uh, but i don't let things get me upset as much i can still <clears throat> I can still lose my temper, but it's usually only like, you know, say some, I'm in a store and someone's trying to rip me off and what, you know, salesman or something and take advantage of me somehow. And I, I get my dander up a little bit there and I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll argue back or something, but other than that, but I'm a nine C, which is a peacemaker. So, you know, we like everything, just everybody just get along, you know, let's just keep it nice and safe and don't ruin my, 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 uh, gentle mood you know <laughs> that's a but that that's a nine would it be interesting if you took the if you took the test uh, kevin and just to see and then uh, and uh, and natasha because i'm seeing natasha now <clears throat> a lot of people that are, do this kind of work that i do are nines because it's born in just to 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 see the peace and everything you know or two, nines and twos are, are close to each other a little bit because twos like to help others all the time. They're always looking around for what can I do for you? You know, they're, they're, that's why we call them the caregivers, you know, so. Yeah. And I classify myself as, as a giver of care. I'm not a caregiver, I'm a giver of care, so. <laughs> a giver of care, yeah. And actually a giver of care is, is, is the healthy part of being, if you're a caregiver, to be a giver of care is the best way to be. Because mm -hmm. twos and their downside, they do and do and do for everybody else, and they don't understand why everybody's not doing the same for them, and they get to they get resentful, mm -hmm. and it's showing my inner connection unstable. So I might disappear for a minute. We'll see. Anyway, enough about the enneagram, but it's it's a very interesting thing, and it's very accurate. You know, most people feel so. It's just like the introvert extrovert thing. You know, we found out in uh, hypnotherapy college about 80% of the time an introvert will marry an extrovert. You know, that seems to be the norm in relationships. 
Well, that way, um, we can, you know, and that's why people say. Oh, well, yeah, that was if you marry an extrovert uh, and you're an introvert, then you don't have to talk and you can let them talk. That's what I like. I'm married to or, you know, to an extrovert. So, you know, because I'm just quiet a lot of times, so, but I'm a good listener. See, so and they like that. So they can talk and talk in that way. And 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 with my partner, knowing that I'm more introverted, then they don't expect me to be, you know, like the life of the party or something, you know. Which is funny because I married an extrovert. He married an introvert. Now I'm married to an introvert, and I'm the extrovert. <laughs> uh, yeah, people, people do change. They, you know, once an extrovert, not always an extrovert, because yeah. circumstances can change where, you know, you can change your personality that way. Oh, yeah. Well, you Which know. I've done. <laughs> and see, not, again. My not my personality, um, how I want others to perceive me how I want to stand up and be my calling. Uh, that has switched in me. I'm not yeah. letting my shy, quiet Natasha rule my voice anymore. Yeah, when I'm confident in what I'm doing, I'm more extrovert. But when I have any doubts about about it or myself, or I don't feel like I'm an expert at it or you know really, really good at it, I tend to be more, you know, to be more introvert that way. Um, so, and, and again, too, you know, you, um, when I do handwriting analysis for people, I, it, I really show them that because some people say, well, I'm not a I, I'm not sure what I am. Well, you're different degrees. You know, you could be 60 percent and say, say, extrovert, 40 percent introvert. And it depends on the situation you're in, where sometimes you will be an extrovert. Sometimes you'll be an introvert because people think it's one or the other. It's just like sex. They think you're either you're either homosexual or heterosexual when in reality, there's there's zillions of variations of that, you know, so. Uh, you know, it's not black and white. There's all this gray area. And, and now that we're beginning to see that, I think we're becoming more healthy, you know, especially in the sexual orientation thing. It's becoming a, a thing where kids are realizing, well, maybe I'm kind of a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, and you find out it's okay. You know, you don't have to be 100% this or 100% that, you know. Regan, this has nothing to do with anything, but I just thought okay. that I, I just, you're, let's see. In our time together, what I've learned about you so far is you're a hypnotherapist. You're yeah. an author. You're a comedian. You're yeah. a ventriloquist. You are an EFT specialist. You are an acupuncturist. You are... <laughs> what the hell don't you do? I don't know about that. Well, you, <laughs> the acupuncturist, you know, like, what, you know where the pressure, pressure points are and that sort of thing. Right, yeah. And, and your handwriting analysis expert. When do you have time for all this stuff? I don't know. I, I, I you know, I was on MasterChef 5 on, uh, in a reality show. And, uh, cause I used to like to cook, but, um, and you're a cook. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. And it's like, you know, there's a few things I could cook well. And I thought I was really cool until I got on MasterChef and they're like, I'm going, holy, sh you know, these guys know where, so, uh, you know, I got kicked out of there, I think at number 50 or something. There was a hundred of us starting and I, I was 52. So I, I made it past 48 people. And then the other 52 were right on down from there were like really, really good cooks, you know? So all I could do is you made it, to, you know, halfway. That's that's you know that's that's the positive way of looking at it. You made it halfway through. 
the negative way is I only made it. Well, you know, I just I just decided to sell my stilts because I think I'm just I'm 70 now and it it's too goofy to do stilt walking anymore because I did that up until about six years ago. It, you know, I'd get hired once in a while for commercial or for um, you know, some event to do stilt walking. And uh, I fell a couple times and luckily uh, the times I did, someone saw me, ran up and caught me before I broke my head. So thinking I'm not gonna do, I gotta give, you start gonna give some things up as you get older, you know? I've, <laughs> I have given more up than I got left. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about you for a second because you're a psychic medium. Mm -hmm. And you are, you've got a wonderful open heart, which opens you up to a lot of emotional stuff, doesn't it? It does. It does. I, I, I have a quick um, journey to the Akashic Records. So for me, when someone talks about a life that they're leading, I just kind of pop into an, uh, the, I've been on this planet uh, or the planets for a very long time. I'm a very, very old soul. And so with that, that I have many lifetimes that I can kind of fall back into that metaphorically, I can step right into somebody else's life of that journey. And so with that, that um, I can, I can help people through a lot of different processes because of that. And that when we have tools of working with different realms like that, I work with the fairy realm to the star people to, you know, different realms of, of knowings, dragon to, you know, it, it, it's up to you <laughs> on where we want to go or up to them. And so I work with a lot of different beings of love. And that's my rule. I have to work with love because as I do work with the shadows, work with the negatives, understand that they're not always as bad as what people think, just like Regan has talked about, that a lot of times we see a dark being in a hypnosis therapy and come to find out it was a part of them that just had some negative ideas about something. You know, that, that we all have these parts of us that need to work through. And I love working through, obviously I'm willing to work through it because I have a smile on my face when this whole weekend, my husband actually was one of the people because he's probably a 10 <laughs> or something like that, that just says, you know, you've had two days. When is this going to be done? And he meant it lovingly. I mean, and I got it that that's his personality. I understood it's his personality, even though I kind of looked at him and I went, yeah, not going to work. And I walked away. <laughs> you know, it's just part of life. And, and you know, it, it is that understanding. That's why I didn't get mad at him, because I knew it was his personality. At the same time, though, I had to have a boundary and say, this yeah. is my personality. And I need to work through it. And I knew that I had so much time to work through it. I give myself so much time to work through it. And then I say, okay, it's time to get up and go to work again. So he was not helping you then in this little project. I, because I, I can only tell you from my own personal experience, that if I ever one time said to my beloved ex-wife, Aren't you done with that yet? Would you hurry up and get done with that? I would have to duck. 
<laughs> well, is going to be thrown my way at any moment. See, and this is one of the gifts I have is kind of put myself in somebody else's shoes. And I do regularly with my husband and him being an alcoholic since he was 12 years old uh, uh, and smoking pot that he had some lack of maturing with his emotions and with his knowings. And that um, now that he's been sober eight years, I give him grace. That doesn't mean that I give him an okay, this is okay, but I give him grace. And I give him the ability to understand that that this is a learning curve this weekend for both of us. And I, we're just going to work through it. Just like all relationships, you know, just like all relationships. And I am not, I actually had, had to learn to be angry. I had to learn to, to have um, stronger boundaries because I just lived a life of, of everything kind of working with me until I met up with him and then things just became a little bit more edgy, you know, cause my parents were very much, I didn't hear them argue a lot. We kind of walked through life knowing and respecting each other, that we all had different perspectives. We all had different knowings, but how can we work together? And then I kind of met a Leo and I'm a Cancerian. And so we had to make some, figure out how to make steam instead of putting out each weather's water or <laughs> or fire. Well, I'm not going to ask you how you made steam in your marriage because I think that's probably wholly inappropriate. But Well, uh, you yeah. know, though, you know, when we're having conversations, you know, you can have love, which is a nice, you know, a, a good steam machine. You know, my, my grandfather was one that built um, a lot of the railroads around here. So I learned about steam engines quite a bit when I was younger. And so, you know, when you have good steam, you got a powerful machine and you want to make good steam. And however that plays out in the relationship, that's how it plays out. But you know, good communication, good strength, good understanding, good respect. You know, you just kind of, it's just that communication. And sometimes we have to have good boundaries. Sometimes we have to have, you know, look at somebody else's perspective a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's true. Regan, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of thought I'd throw that at you. And see. Oh. <laughs> what do I think? When you're talking about boundaries, I think probably that's the number one thing I think when people get into a relationship that they should know or if they're planning on getting married or spending, you know, going to cohabitate or whatever they do. The number one thing, if they want to have a, a good time, is to sit down and establish boundaries with each other, you know, and, and to be open to each other as things come up that they will allow the other person to set boundaries because if you really care think about it if you really care about someone do you ever want to do you ever want to step over the line and hurt them in any way you know you don't you know not that's what love is is you don't you don't want to do anything purposely to hurt anybody even though you know we find ourselves doing that but a lot of times it's because it's our fault because we didn't set our boundaries and a person crosses a boundary they don't even know because we didn't even tell them that it was a boundary you know uh, it's a lot of most relationships they just figure the boundaries out over time and they go oops yeah I can't do that because this is going to happen but you know if you set the boundaries ahead of time even if it's 
if it's stuff like, you know, who's going to do what around the house, you know, who takes out the trash, um, who, you know, who pays the, uh, who pays the bills and when, and, um, you know, who's going to be the one that plans the vacations, who's going to be the one that, uh, that makes a reservation at the restaurants and things, you know, uh, all these little things, um, you know, if you just set up like who's it's like if, if you have a functional good company, it's because the company has set good boundaries for everybody and everybody knows what their job is to make the company good. But people, they get in these relationships and they 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 just think, oh, I'm just so in love. We don't need to set any boundaries. We'll just oh. that's that's just a uh, recipe for a disaster. You know, that's what I was going to say. So, you know, there is a new terminology that is coming out there now. And it's it maybe it, we need to reserve some time to for the three of us to talk about that. And that is um, the concept of consent. Um, and what I mean by that is when you enter into any relationship, uh, that you that you sit down and you talk about what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. What what will you consent to and what you won't consent to? As as an example, um, in in your in your relationship, Natasha. Do you consent that your husband doesn't have to do the dishes ever, ever again? Um, is that okay with you? Is that, is that, if that's not okay with you, then does he understand why that's not okay with you? And then um, and you follow what I'm saying? Cause it can, mm -hmm. it can go down a real, what, what in a relationship, uh, both physical and emotional and loving and, and stuff, what do you consent to? What is okay? What's not okay? Um, is is going and sleeping around with somebody else okay? Probably not. Is well, in some relationships, though, it is okay. And that's if, if they both consent to it. Mm -hmm. but, but you can't do it if one person doesn't consent to it and the other person does it anyway. Exactly, and that's where that's where the boundaries and the and and being careful of of being passive aggressive about it and all those emotions and that's where you know talking we talked at the beginning about you know the grief and having emotions and and that kind of thing and that's understanding ourselves a little bit more because many people walk into to life you know with with parents or guardians who don't really teach them the skills to navigate through their emotions and what is a truth for them what is something that works for them and not everybody gets in touch with somebody who has those conversations you know like for me you know that when my husband said on saturday morning is something wrong and i said yes you know, not everybody has that strength, um, you know, and he says, did I do something wrong? And I said, yeah, you hurt me emotionally. You hurt me. And he said, oh, <laughs> you know, but did I say it mean? No, you hurt. The tone I just said it in is pretty much the, the tone I said it in, you know, because it wasn't for him to be, um, backlashed because really did he know what he said to me in some ways yeah but in his perception he was saying his truth which we're, was fine we're guys we don't we don't we don't we're not very deep about such things we don't know exactly <laughs> and see i was lucky to grow up with a father who 
grew up with a mother who said, it doesn't matter what sex you are, you're still on a rotation. So if it was your week to do laundry, it was your week to do the laundry. It, it wasn't, it wasn't who you were. It was your name was on the list of that week. So if it was your week to do the dishes, it was your week to do the dishes. And so for him, he had a touch of, of crossing the line of male, female protocols, if that makes sense. And so we had a great conversation about how relationships should be, not relationships, but how it's not about what you're titled, it's who you are in that title that matters. That makes sense. That 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 truly that makes sense. So let's talk about Natasha a little bit. If somebody wants to come and have a reading with you, how do they do that? You can reach me at www.angelicclarifications.com. One word, angelicclarifications.com. Or you can email me at natasha at angelicclarifications.com. And if they do that, then you can you can go talk to them about uh, talking about uh, being a medium and talking about their past or, or what, what other things can they come to you for? They can come through me, uh, come through me. <laughs> Sometimes angels come through me to talk with them. Uh, the, the, we can work through whatever their calling is. There's sometimes where I have had sessions with someone where they talk about their animals. And yet we find out that their animals relationship and how they're interacting is because of how they are and how we can help them, you know, as a human work through to help their, their animals. Uh, I, I have many different ways of helping. And that's why I'm a personal awareness coach, because sometimes I, I put the dots together to help someone walk through life. And being a personal awareness coach, then you're personally aware of uh, what Regan does too. Exactly. <laughs> she does amazing work. So Regan, tell us about your hypnotherapy practice and your EFT and your, your handwriting specialist and your, uh, you can teach somebody how to be a ventriloquist too, which would be cool. <laughs> tell us about you. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, I was thinking of my little dog, Harvey, and he's been in his, in his little case for about four years now. Can you bring and, him uh, next haven't time? had him out, and I, I started feeling sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, next, next Monday. <laughs> Maybe sometime. I have a, have a, have a, a little whiskey. Whiskey <laughs> first or something. Yeah, I'm, but I'm afraid when I take him out, he's going to chew me, chew me all over the place because I left him in there for so long. So, <laughs> yeah, it's funny about ventriloquism because... I learned early on uh, when I was, it took, a, it took me a year, I took a year-long course to become a ventriloquist back in the 70s. And they said that the character will only be as real to other people as they are real to you. And so, you know, then it went about, uh, and there was a point where you split off and it's like you, you have a split personality, you know, where that, that character, like, we'd be uh, doing a comedy show, let's say in Vegas or something, and somebody would heckle from the audience or something. And I swear that my dog would say something I would have never ever thought about, you know, or my, <laughs> one of my dummies, you know, it's almost like they, you develop these, these characters and they become, it, it's strange. It's like you have a split personality, you know? 
but it's it's magical. It's really cool when, and that's the magic in it. When you see a ventriloquist on there, all of a sudden your 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 mind is seeing two different people and not just one. You know. So anyway, you can reach me at visittheafterlife.com. Um, I'm one of the trained therapists with the Michael Newton Institute. You can also go to uh, the newtoninstitute.org. And there's 250 of us therapists uh, scattered in about 40 different countries. And what we do is we, we could do a simple path um, or um, a life between lives regression where you actually see yourself pass away in another lifetime. And then there's a guide or angel or someone there and we follow you to heaven and back. So you go where you go between lives. And uh, we've been, uh, as researchers, uh, figuring that out now for a number of years. And uh, we've pretty much mapped out heaven. You know, I've taken the journey myself. I have a book called Three Hours, 33 Minutes in Heaven. You can get on Amazon, a lot of other book places. Uh, and it describes my own personal journey. Or Michael Newton's books, which is uh, Journey of Souls, Destiny of Souls, which you can find. They've sold a million copies, so you can get them used even for five or six bucks on Amazon, I think, on the used books. And uh, so just want people to know that the other side, as Natasha will tell you, it's becoming, the distance is getting closer and closer and closer. That's why people are having all these, you know, people now are they're finding out, they're believing they're psychic or something because they're, we're so close to the other side that, that um, you know, all I try to do is to help people to uh, realize they're an immortal soul. Uh, that there's always always have other beings on the other side that are watching out for them. And, um, uh, you know, if they want to talk to Jesus or Buddha or God or something, they're all on the other side. You could do it when you're in this state that we, we help you achieve. So anyway, visit theafterlife.com. There's a free book on there right now on Reincarnation is Real, free ebook. If you go there, just you can request it on the site and I'll send you a free ebook. Awesome, man. Awesome, because the veil is thinning. Yes, indeed. It is now much easier to get uh, an idea to get in touch with what the other side is actually trying to tell us, because they're trying to educate us because we, we apparently need some. Well, and this is this is what I'm getting a lot is is that it's not necessarily that the moms and dads are coming back. It's the great grandparents and the great great grandparents that are coming back. And and even though some of them have uh, reincarnated, but still their energy <clears throat> essence can come and have communication because yeah. we're going through some life altering experiences that our ancestors went through and they're saying we can help you. We can help you. And when I'm saying that, they're just saying, you know, a lot of the elder ways are coming back and go into those elder ways, the canning, the sewing, the coming home, having winter as your quiet time. You know, that's when a lot of quilting was done um, during the winter times. Uh, and a lot of the, the interactions in the house were during the winter times. Go back to the elder ways because the old ways aren't going to work anymore. The old beliefs, the old um, rigidness, the old um, um, power struggles, uh, ego struggles aren't working anymore. But the elder way of working with others, community, you know, like my grandparent, my grandma and my grandma up the street and my mother used to can together every year. 
And to this day, I can't can by myself <laughs> because that's not the way it is. It's called the elder way. It's that community. It's the communion together. And there again, and that's why I was tearful earlier because it is about community and, and connection. And when they start going away in the physical, many times that triggers the grief. And I just want everybody to know that they're loved, that they're not the only ones walking through this journey of emotion and, and to give yourself time to do it. Because even if, even if, you know, people say, you know, I can honor you, Kevin, for your perspective on, on grief at the same time, I want people to know that, you know, like I had a conversation with someone who didn't even know his, his dad and found out his dad died and he was grieving. And I said, it's okay to grieve him because you're grieving probably the relationship you never had with him. Right. And so you're going through that little boy who wanted to have a father is grieving, not having a dad or, you know, those emotions. And, and so it's okay to have those emotions during that time. My 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 only point is is that the, they don't want you to grieve. They, they, they don't want they, you to be sad for a very long time and to stop your life. They don't want you to worry about them. They're fine. They it's are fine. <laughs> it's us that we have it's to. It's us. That's the, yeah. It's but that's us. the thing about being on this earth is being human, and and if emotions are included in that. We should be honored to move through that because I know this weekend, even though I was sad the whole weekend, I learned so much about myself. Even the the person who I am and all the tools I have already, my tool bag became more because I really found out about some corners of myself that I thought that were kind of dormant and quiet. And now they're not because I was willing to work through that emotion. And that's called being human. And, and you know, it, and that's just, there again, we're all individuals navigating through this. And I just want people to know that they're loved through these emotions through the holidays. Yeah, but I, I, what's that song that said, don't worry, be happy. That's yeah. Bobby Garrett or whatever, whoever did that. That's, see, that's my attitude. It's like, don't worry, don't worry. It's going to be fine. They'll be all right. They're good. And, and actually, that was the song that may help me survive through my um, divorcing of my ex-husband all those years ago. That was the song that, that helped me say, it's okay, keep moving forward. And that's that helped me through that process of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny, uh, too. At a certain point, I think, at least with me, it's impossible to be worried, to be in grief and all that, and be happy at the same time. You know, because that, that other part of you knows everything is, is how it should be. Everything is good. You know, your relatives are okay on the other side and everything, even though you're missing them and everything. But there's still that core of yourself that if someone says, are you, are you having a happy life? And you go, yeah. Even in the midst of all this turmoil, mm -hmm. it's still, I would, you know, to me, I'd say, yeah, I'm, I, I live a happy life, you know, even though there's challenges. So. And I can say the same thing for me too, that I, even though I was sad this weekend, I was fine. I was okay. Yeah. And when something came up and it was funny, I was willing to laugh. It wasn't that I um, let it be everything of me. Mm -hmm. I just want you to be happy. That's all. See, that's, that's Life <laughs> isn't about total happiness though. It's about yeah. being, it's about being. And, and I choose to, 
when I'm happy, I'm happy. When I'm not, I'm not. And I can do the same thing in, the, in five minutes. My job is to make you happy. <laughs> well, I was crying at the beginning and now I'm laughing. So you did your job. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <sighs> Natasha Venner, uh, the uh, um, medium, and Regan Forston, the everything else in the world, the, the uh, hypnotherapy and, and what you do. And you've got a new thing that you're working on. And, and how's that going? Oh, with the uh, the quantum healing hypnosis technique? Yes. Well, I signed up for level two, um, and I'm taking it in January. And um, uh, what's good, level two is to help us with the hard cases, the ones where we get stuck and we don't know what to do, you know, because about 20% of the people that come to me, um, for whatever reason, will get stuck at some point in the process. And the more I'm doing it, the more successful I am in going through those 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 rough spots and I'm surprised sometimes sometimes it's just a matter of just spending more time not being in a hurry just relaxing backtracking starting again um, but you know those people have been doing it more years than me and I want to learn there from them at this Patty level too. calling you again about um, or say, say I say calling you back about 316 Montego Key and my phone number is 415-722-4842 and I'll be around for, for sure about another Brian threw my minutes. phone on the bed that's, 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 that's my significant yeah, other in there <laughs> she doesn't know my phone's on the bed we'll so. talk over it so that everybody doesn't know her phone number <laughs> I thought wow somebody's calling in right now I thought wow this is something alright <laughs> That's funny. All right, you guys. Well, thank okay. you very much. And it's uh, okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We got somebody who's um, um, uh, uh, so complete health and um, uh, um, guide health and natural healing. What ex um, exercise can you do to strengthen your ability can to connect with the other side? Well, I want to say um, real quick because this is a longer conversation than in just a few minutes that um, what you can do is start trusting. Trusting those emotions, trusting those inner voices. Your phone was here, and it was like... Trusting a lot of what's going on right now. We have a little chaos. I apologize. And trusting the... Trusting that when we have these abilities, that, you know, like when we have the touch or something or the smell, a lot of perfumes, or the cigarette smoke, or that smell that somebody might have had, you trust that it was there. And there's that knowing of, of who we are and what's going on, and Regan's really having problems with technology today. It's kind of not entertaining, but entertaining. So, but I would say that the more I trusted myself, the more that that I was willing to hear what was on the other side. I was willing to navigate through um, what were the animals trying to tell me. So trusting that when an animal walked across my path or flew in front of me, that, um, that it was the universe speaking. It's, it's that stepping out of what am I to what are we. And there's that trust of when we see something out of the corner of our eye, asking, what is it? And the first thing we hear, a lot of people let the mind speak, 
but the first thing you hear, a lot of times that is what's going to help us to hear, oh, that was a fairy that wanted to, to, to show you. Or, oh, that was your guide that was trying to, to show you that he's here to support you. You know, trusting that inner self, that higher self will, um, and what is the first thing you hear? That's how you start learning to work with the universe that's around you. So knowing that there's animals that are going to speak to you, knowing that there's going to be guides that speak to you, knowing that there's a lot of things going on, but it's that trust, um, trusting that there's something greater than us. And don't discount it when you get somebody that is, uh, when you get a, a, a hit, as an example, what happens for me, and I don't know if I'm psychic or not, but I had some really weird shit happen to me. Yes, <laughs> but, but when, uh, um, when I ask a question or when I put something out there that I really would like this to happen and I either get a yes or a no and a why all the time and, and stuff. So if you just, but if you listen, if you be quiet and listen and listening, I don't mean just listening to, to with your ears, listen with your eyes because something may pop up, a sign may show up, a, a song may be playing on the radio. Um, something may happen. Somebody may call you and make a reference that is exactly with what you were thinking about. It happens in a myriad of ways. But if you and if you discount it and poo-poo it, then you're then they stop talking to you because why why waste our energy because they're not paying attention. Yes, and my dad always told me he said I'm not going to talk to you if you don't pay attention. So I pay attention to him. Yes. And, and we can talk more about this on Wednesday on my Natasha Venter um, angelic clarifications page YouTube okay. um, on Wednesday at four o'clock. We are there and we can talk more about this. But, you know, and each individual with their intuitiveness has some kind of block. It could be what they grew up with. It could be this or that. And so sometimes that's a, it's a journey with a session to be able to find out about our intuitiveness because like I'm working with someone and, and hers is about fear and shame. And, and yet she's so intuitive and she doesn't want to do necessarily this as a business, but she wants to be more okay with herself. And that's part of that journey. Being okay with yourself is a really big deal. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. And like, even though I was having troubles this week, I my mantra most of the weekend was I'm asking for healing on this. I'm asking for healing on this. And that is where I'm at today is I had some healing on this. Well, when we first started talking, you were a little teary and now mm -hmm. you're smiling and happy. And I'm just happy that we helped make you smile and happy. <laughs> And I was, I was actually good all day. It's just, you know, that first moment of talking about it, because it is right there, can you, you know, can and you it is. Me, can you leave me to my fantasies that, that we helped you and made you happy? You helped me. <laughs> I'll, I'll fantasize all you, because you, you did. You Reality is you did help me. Thank and you. Regan, and Regan helped and made you happy as well, right? Yes, 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 yes. Although, although we've got to figure out how to get him less, less uh, technology challenge next time. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, and we've had them out here time after time and they just said you know they replaced everything checked all the wires and they said sometimes I, I think they just maybe they don't cover here as good but it's just crazy because it doesn't when I'm on the internet like later usually in the evening maybe one time it'll kind of go out a little bit or whatever but 
maybe this time of day, maybe everybody's on, on the internet. I don't know. I'm going to call them again though. Cause it's like, if I'm doing a zoom session with clients, it's a couple of them I've had to, you know, it's gone off and back on. It's just irritating, you know? So like, what I have done with technology is I've asked for the clarity of the angels to come in the technology okay. angels to help clarify. All and right. then when I'm doing a session, I ask for all communication to be streamlined so that there's clear coming through. And when okay. I do that, that usually helps unless there's a lesson to learn in it. But I think that for your area is the wires are old and there's a lot of people use more people are using them and yeah. technology is going through an upgrade um, which they're not all telling us. Um, part of it is this, um, the, the five thing, the, the, five the 5G, but yet our system is not set up for it. And so it's, it's kind of a contradiction and it's contradicting and you have a lot more people living around you than you did before. And so there's kind of a combination, but I asked for the angels many times um, to help me out and just like I have somebody on a session that has a heavy, heavy accent. I asked for the um, interpreting angels to come and help me out. And initially I can hear them better. Yeah. Good. Okay, good. Thanks, Natasha. You're welcome. All right, guys. It's been a pleasure having both of you here today. And it's been uh, our guests who came on and the folks who called in. We thank you very much for that. And we'll be here next. But Well, I should ask, are we going to be here next Monday? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be in uh, Carmel uh, by the ocean there, but I could do it on my iPhone. Yeah. Oh, and where's kind of sunscreen? And uh, Natasha, we're going to be here next Monday. I'm going to be here next Monday at four o'clock on my Independence Report: uh, Life Between Lives. There you go. We'll be back next Monday. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other is all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.